When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Wannabe, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I'm Imriel Morgan, founder of Content is Queen, a podcast community committed to amplifying diverse voices. Want to unleash your voice? Visit contentisqueen.org to discover our creator community and how we can take your podcast to the next level. Back to Wannabe. Season six is all about women in sport and fitness. Today, we're joined by Hélène Guillaume, the CEO and founder of Wild.ai. We'll dive into her multifaceted journey of tackling the barriers in women's health and sports. From synchronized swimming and ultramarathons to balancing work and motherhood, Hélène is revolutionizing the way we think about women's health. In this episode, you'll get to hear why she's fighting against the under-researched state of women's health and the audacity that led her to go on stage with her baby. If you've ever felt the system was stacked against you, you won't want to miss Ellen's revolutionary approach to leveling the playing field. So sit tight and let's dive right into this soul-stirring conversation. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? tough question I don't think I want to be someone specific or looking towards someone but I definitely wanted to get towards and living my personal legend which is in the book The Alchemist he defines it as you are following what your inner purpose is pushing you towards and so I think being able to yeah, live fully and wake up in the morning and live in a way that fulfills me on a day-to-day basis because I believe in what you do every day makes your life is something that really drives me. So I think I've been working towards that as opposed to really towards a person. Did you come to that knowledge or did you read that book quite early on in your life? At what stage did you take on the mantra? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh combination of uh, experimenting how to live my life I said I think <laughs> I had many different ambitions and many different dreams I wanted to be a astronaut a fighter pilot a trader yeah so many different things your background is actually incredibly varied from how you grew up your family's background is quite diverse like very diverse actually you have lived in many many places we'll get to all of the sports you're involved with and like the extremes that you put your body through how has that contributed to what you've built today with wild.ai yeah i think i always questioned things around me so how i live the way i perceive myself and evolving in different environments so when I was two years old, we moved to Japan. And so, like, you know, like changing entirely the setting around who I meet, how I live, languages I speak. And then again, when I was four or five years old, back to Europe. So, yeah, I've been questioning things a lot since early on. And I think that really put me on the path of questioning 
things like how I perceive myself as a girl and then as a woman. I found it really hard when growing up hearing things like we are less interesting, less fast, less strong, and the holy grail is this body that is a male. I really, I think, questioned all of that from early on. And I think that led me to, to build this company, which is how can I, as a woman, appreciate the fact that my body is incredible. I love that there's this questioning. I think I've been having that myself, actually, of why are women's sports treated so differently or viewed so differently so I have a daughter now as uh, she's one and when she is able to like what sports could she get into and I got like very into artistic swimming which formerly known as synchronized swimming and as soon as like I said that to anyone they were like what synchronized swimming that like huh they were just so dismissive of it and I was like no I actually like have really looked at this sport and the levels that these women put their bodies through is just insane it's almost like torture and yet they prevail and do incredible things and so yeah I love that this was always something that you were questioning and thinking about because I think even for me as a woman whilst I have been active in life and sporty at periods in my life I just hadn't thought about it until I had my own little girl and I was like wait what are good options for her how will she thrive and be successful if she wanted to pursue sports at a professional or semi-professional level or even just at a hobby level. I would love to touch on your interest in sports. So you mentioned that you were quite sporty early on and now you do things like ultra marathons, which just the thought of it scares me. Ice swimming, also terrifying as a prospect. And you also surf. These are not small things. What got you into these more extreme sports? And would you describe them yourself as extreme in any way? Yeah, I definitely would describe them as extreme because I think one of the hardest things I've done is these 100 kilometers ultra marathons. It is putting the body through levels that I've never experienced before. What led me into that, actually, I just felt it was fun. Some people go in that from like a, a place of, of pain and they try to solve or numb their bodies through like ultra sports. I came from a place of maybe I can do it, so I'm going to try it. I mean, doing an ultra in those conditions is, I think the human experience is so incredible. Like, you know, one of those was in Vietnam. It's like really hot. You carry your own water. And I remember the time where I was, run, I ran out of water and there was a person who I was also in the race and gave me some water, but it means they have less water themselves. And so it's this exchange of human experience, which, yeah, just I've never lived in other places. So I find that really beautiful. And it is really extreme because obviously it's physical, but the mental aspect of it is so strong. Like when you go through stages, you're like, why am I doing that to myself? It's like, it's completely crazy. Why are you doing that to yourself? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I was like, because it's like going through these levels that are so incredible. If you look at some people doing these ultras who are, barely walking and like really struggling uh, if we were forced to do that it would be torture but the, re- the fact that we choose to do it we choose the hard and we choose the pain we get value out of it and it's exhilarating and it's we feeling a purpose in life and that's i think that's what i felt and just this feeling of accomplishments and i think that, like everything in life is and for instance, I also have a daughter now who's eight months old and we have these conversations with my partner. It's sometimes really, really hard. And, and we're having like, oh, pregnancy was really hard. I was like, it is hard, but I loved it. But it's like, it is like an ultra marathon. Like it's really hard, but I chose it and I love it. So I think how we behave towards what we choose and like sleep deprivation in early parenting and sleep deprivation in ultra marathon. My attitude now is if I choose it, 
like I have to enjoy it. It doesn't mean I cannot complain and I cannot find it hard. Like when you are doing these ultras, it is hard, but we choose it and I embrace these hardships. I really like that, actually. I hadn't thought of it like that. I'm actually a serial complainer in life when I find things really hard. So I hadn't thought about the idea of when you're making these choices, there are inevitably going to be pros and cons and sometimes those cons feel really extreme and really hard as an entrepreneur as a pregnant person as someone that's just chosen to do just hard things but nowhere near as extreme as what you're talking about but I, I have read that a pregnant woman's body is like going through extreme sports because you're just your oh, body sure. is literally just doing so much and I think it gave me a new appreciation for the strength of my own body which is how I started looking into Who's kind of innovating in this space? And I actually came across you. I would love to know about your experience with not only pregnancy, because you said, you mentioned it's hard. How did you juggle your work, the pregnancy and these like big ambitions and goals that you have? And then I guess like the extracurricular that you also have on top of all of this, like how are you managing all of these beautiful and wonderful things at the same time? <laughs> I think what is not often told as a story to us as women is that it is hard there is no way around and we are discriminated and there are massive biases and you accumulate biases yeah as you said being a woman but plus being a black woman you have all these accumulated biases against you and we have that and so I think the first thing is like realizing it is hard. We have biases against us but then can we flip that and take that to our advantage and my belief is like when I was fundraising pregnant I was like oh my first of all I, I had so much appreciation for women in general I was like oh my god because I could work from home and I could work remote so I would lie down in my bed and that's why I didn't have too much back pain for instance is because I could actually lie down during the day so it didn't put strain on my body but I, I was thinking these women who are commuting in the early days of the pregnancy which is horrible and no one has compassion because you cannot see it I lost a baby so you know like women going through and like multiple pregnancies, grief, and they don't tell anyone. So they have to hold that on to themselves. And then women who go towards the end of the pregnancy, also working, commuting in busy places. I have so much appreciation for women. I'm like, oh my God, women are God. We are God. We're creating humanity. And while we are creating humanity, we are meanwhile working, creating our careers, etc. So the thing is, like not on like as the ultra sports, not undermining the fact that it's super hard, and for some people it's even harder. Like for instance, for you it is even harder. And then you also have just having a newborn at home, like a baby at home, is really hard. But you also pregnant on top of that, so it, you accumulate all these sleepless uh, nights and fatigue, etc. So yeah, I think on the hardships, I think it's like complaining. You absolutely have all the rights to complain, and I think that's what I'm telling my partner. I'm telling him it's not because I chose it that I don't. I cannot complain. <laughs> like let me complain. Like let me say it's hard because it is hard, and let's embrace it because we chose it. And then who are the people around us who can help us go through it in a better way? And I think that's that's the very important point. Is when I was fundraising, pregnant, I was like very late because early on I was actually really scared of saying it for so many reasons but also I was fundraising and I was thinking am I okay I adding a bias to the people I'm talking to am I okay to tell them I'm pregnant and I know in their minds they're going to think well she's going to go away she's not going to be a good manager anymore and I was like am I strong enough in that sense do I choose to add this bias to myself and I said it very late and I had overwhelming good response from my existing investors and from some additional investors 
And I had some investors who decided not to invest. They didn't say not to invest because I was pregnant or not. Very hard to, <laughs> to argue one way to the other. But at the same time, they also chose not to visibly support someone who was pregnant. So yeah, I think it's finding the right tribes and having more women, like you're just publicly saying that you are pregnant. Having more women saying that, I think it's so powerful for all of us. That's so interesting because I think now that I'm more showing this time around, I'm like, my instinct of my gut is like hide it I I don't think I need another just another strike and so yeah I think it's interesting hearing what you say because the advice around me is very much like well I think the right people will understand and the right people will get it and I think that's true like I, I think there's undoubtedly the the right type of investor in for me and in my business would be people that understand that I'm of an age I'm gonna have a family I have a family I'm going to be adding to that family and that's not taking away from the other things that I'm doing we've hit the halfway point and wow Hélène is truly inspiring we're pausing briefly but when we return we're delving into the under-researched area of women's health and the impact that wild.ai is making in leveling the playing field don't go anywhere hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, back to Ellen. When you were building Wild, you pivoted towards women and women's health. And something that I actually found really fascinating, actually because I became pregnant, I had a Fitbit. It was tracking my period. And then I got pregnant. It just stopped. There was no button. There was nothing to be like, I'm pregnant now. And it just kept tracking this period that just did not exist. I know that you've evangelized actually quite well about like why women need to know more and have more information about themselves. But like, why do you think there's this dearth of information and why are companies so slow to move on this what is the resistance is it because there's no data is it because we're woefully under-researched like what is the reason that this isn't more mainstream as a topic when it comes to women's health women's reproductive parts and just the basics of our body because <laughs> it's the basics this isn't like the, the high-end level stuff like this is just our day-to-day -day experiences not documented I think it actually honestly comes from uh, like so deeply ingrained in us, which and I think religion plays a big part, which is a lot of like, you know, our, our Western culture-ish. It used to be, you know, Mother Earth. and But then we switched to these quite male figures of God, where the woman is either like in Christianity, the woman is either a virgin, she's so pure, or she's a prostitute, Mary Magdalena. And there's nothing in between. So appreciating sex, appreciating human contact, etc. It just doesn't exist. So we don't do not have a figure that is the woman who is like 
strong and powerful and create she doesn't even create a baby with a man she's like creating a baby with nothing so she doesn't even have a sexual reproductive system because it comes from nowhere this creating function that is glorified that we should glorify doesn't exist in our cultures and i think that's a big issue because it means that all the taboos like imagine if you're growing up and you're a little boy and you're told like the woman that you have to respect is this very pure version of of the human being like uh, a girl who likes to have sex she's such a slut like do not approach her but the one that is really pure like that's how the person they should marry and so because of that we cannot look at the female fluids as something that is interesting and even like the female body like the clitoris doesn't exist in in our books it doesn't exist in our education because it is so taboo because women cannot have pleasure and teenage boys are like, oh, I masturbate on this and that. And girls never talk about that because it's so taboo and shameful to have pleasure as a woman. And that is like so deeply ingrained in what we what we think that there is actually no good reason to analyze and do research on this female body because it's a shell. And I think because of all these underlying things, it has not been necessary or interesting. And then if you look at companies, the way we are structured, data scientists or like the data creation level up to the products, etc. They were very male oriented. So uh, I'll give you a, an example that I like giving. So at the very beginning of my company, we were having a meeting, two women and two men. And we were saying, what data should we track as a company? And the women, we said, we should track sex drive. And the guy said, why would we track sex drive? It never changes. And we say, well, no, it changes all the time. And <laughs> so to give you that example, it's such, it's, if it was a male company, it's a non-data. It doesn't exist. It doesn't change. It's not interesting. So that is how many companies are, are, are formed. It's just they cannot have the creativity because it doesn't exist for them. And that is why like, what we're doing is, is important today because we want to be, if you are working with women, we want to be everywhere. Yeah. Like You are a woman, you use Wild AI. If you're a coach, you use Wild AI. If you are a coach, you can get upskilled with the Wild AI Academy. If you are a wearable, you use a plugin and you can serve women Uh, because as you were saying like the Fitbit and it's a very good example now two three years ago Apple added like the the period tracker but you don't solve women by having period tracker Mm -hmm. because they don't have a period they have a period they use a contraceptive we cover 149 contraceptives they're all different they are wildly different the experience of just just menstruation (laughs) and the things that that does to you your body and the cycle of it all is insane. Just the changes of me as an individual, let alone trying to track that on mass scale, must be insane, but actually is so vitally important and necessary. Just like, how do I function and am I at my best? Just knowing that information is so, so essential. (laughs) And I'm sure you see this as well, and you know this as well, is that when we don't know things, we blame ourselves or like the lack of information, it creates self-blame or doubt. And then that shame and stigma on top means that you just don't talk about it. And so I'm not at my best. Those feelings could be temporary because it's hormonal. I just don't feel well today or I feel like really depleted or my energy is just not where it needs to be. I suppose depending on what level you're performing at, whether that's kind of you're still having to go to work every day or you're an elite athlete, like knowing that information really can make a difference to how you then go like what decisions you choose to make for the day but without that information we just don't know so we just blame ourselves and think I am fundamentally broken or I'm not okay or this is just a me thing and it becomes a really internalized issue obviously information is power what is the actual value like what does the world stand to gain 
from unlocking this and actually valuing women properly like what is the value of what you're doing in like real world terms not just monetary wise but like the value of it as well for women and girls and I guess by extension the men that they are connected to what we see as a feedback in people using world AI as an app is they have multiple levels of appreciation of it the first thing is we give visibility on what might happen to your body and just that even if it doesn't happen because it's knowledge giving access to this knowledge as you were saying knowledge is power the fact that you might have some information and i mean for women is so obvious but the way i compare it to for men is if you are waiting for the bus and you have no idea if it's going to arrive in five minutes or in 35 minutes, you might actually change your decisions if it's going to arrive in five minutes or in 35 minutes. As women, we have no idea what's happening. We have no idea if I am ovulating and going to feel strong, if I am going to be a few days before and not feel strong because I don't know how it correlates. I don't know when I'm going to have my perimenopause. I'm going to, I don't know what kind of symptoms I'm going to have. Is it going to impact me very heavily or not? I don't know if I'm fertile. I don't know how old I can have a baby until because we are called geriatric pregnancies when we're 45 years old. Does it mean it's like I'm way too old to have a baby? Is it super scary? Like, do I have to freeze my eggs? Is it really taxing on my body? So we have no idea. We operate completely in a world where we have no idea. And so the first thing is we give access to information and women are like, oh my God, finally someone is caring about it. And there is some research and finally it's providing back to me. Second is uh, tracking. Women, just by tracking things, they have realizations or things you, you experience with Fitbit. The fact that you start tracking, for instance, your sleep. Am I sleeping well or not? Oh, alcohol has impacted my resting heart rate. It's getting higher. So I change my behavior. So tracking actually helps me understand certain things that I've never thought were things that I could pay attention to and start changing my behavior. And the third thing is actually like following the recommendations that we provide in the app. And the impact on the world is really big because we give confidence to women that's what, first of all, we validate them. Like what you're feeling is we validate it. And you know, from the very first, at the beginning of our conversation, we we're saying like, when it's hard, I want to be validated. I don't want to be like brushed away, which is really often the case when we go to doctors. And especially as black women, you are told like, oh no, it's not valid. Like what you're feeling is not valid. It doesn't exist. And you're like, pretty sure it is but that's what we've been hearing as as little girls like you have period pain it doesn't exist it's normal you have a period it doesn't matter and you're like well then i'm not validated so can i trust myself and then so we we validate you we give you knowledge that it's this is a thing that may happen and so women are really grateful for that because they're like oh finally i can start to understand and then really the end goal is that we want to give women of all ages, life stages, and ethnicities the tool and power to perform. And what it means for us is that if you have negative symptoms, they can disappear, they can go down. But then also how to take advantage of, of your body and how to embrace this body that is an incredible body. Again, like back to sports, things are hard. It is hard to be a woman. It is hard to have a menstruation for 40 years. But oh my God, this is we have this body that can create another human. This is amazing. You know, like how can we think that yeah, like it's going to be a bit painful. It's going to be hard. We have fluctuations, but men also have fluctuations. We have a 24-hour fluctuation every single day. We are awake and then we're sleepy. And as women, we have these superpowers around the relation and then it goes into resting mode. If we are resting when we are meant to, similar to the day, 
and we embrace that, then we can take advantage of this incredible body that has internally this cycle. What you're building doesn't just impact sport, obviously. Like this has the ability for women to really change their workforce or their workplaces or open up conversations in the workforce about how we actually value productivity when people are most productive. You can start to bring in knowledge. Because I think something that I have found personally useful with Wild is just the language around it. As you say, it's validating. You don't even realize like all of the things that you could feel because no one's ever Mm. given it a label so yeah I think I I really really have a tremendous respect and value for what you're doing what you're building I think it's incredible and I can't wait to see it go from strength to strength and become more and more like yeah just a bigger part of the conversation in the best possible way I would love to know where do you get your audacity from what makes you so audacious what's made you take on this journey and this purpose like where does it come from? I think it came from different places at different times. One sentence that I really love is always jump. You know, when you're like, you haven't gone in the water yet, it's like, oh, should I go in? <laughs> it's cold, it's the morning. And my thinking is like, always jump. If I hesitate and it's a bit scary and like, should I do it or not? And also like actually coming back from the fact that I've been taken out of my roots so often, you know, like traveling with my parents and then as an adult and living in different places. When I was out of my comfort zone, when which obviously happens when I'm in a new place. I have to get out of my shell because otherwise I'm basically by myself. And the amount of times, you know, I arrive in new school, I have no friends, it's like super awkward. I don't have the right codes. And so I have to get out and like try things and it's been rewarding. And now I have a more recent one, which is I was talking with a sex coach and it was really interesting. We were talking about uh, the element of shame. So how as women, you know, like having orgasms and masturbation and pleasure in sex and expressing what I want in sex, because again, I really think it's deeply linked to our culture. And as and I, I think I'm really cool and open-minded, but the reality is behind doors, I'm, I'm actually also quite shy. Um, and I was trying to explore that with her and she was saying, but if you feel shame, you know, like when, and one thing that is often coming to women is like, oh, she's emotional. Like since when being emotional is a bad thing? Like, like, what are you, like your door? Like, you know, it's like feeling emotions is amazing. Like, I feel love, I feel strength, I feel compassion, I feel sad, I feel shame. And so we were exploring this feeling of shame in, in February. So my baby was three months old. I went on stage doing a keynote in Paris and I had my baby strapped on my chest. And it's really scary. Like, is she going to cry? What are people going to think about me? Etc. which, by the way, I've been trolled afterwards. But I was feeling this shame before going on stage. And then, so I really tried to embrace it. And I think audacity and shame really go hand in hand. Because when you're audacious or you're going beyond, you're feeling there is this huge element of shame. It's like, oh, you know, like now you're going to fundraise, like I'm going to get no's. But now I'm actually trying, like whenever I actually have it on my, like written here on my paper, something that scares me. And this is one of my ambitions, like do it, feel shame, get no's, get slapped. And if I have more no's, if I feel more shame, it's actually a positive. So I really try to turn these sentiments that I find are really, really hard to experience into something that is... You know, it's like a tick. Like, well yeah. done, Ellen. You felt shame today. You've been out of the <laughs> And very often it's like, afterwards I would feel like that was actually super embarrassing. But sometimes it works out. What are you working on getting better at right now? What are you trying to improve with yourself? And that could be like work, career. It could be within kind of your sporting pursuits. But what are you working on? I find it like postpartum. I find it quite hard to go back to doing sports that physically reward me so you know the, the this feeling after doing a session where you're like oh i feel 
so exhausted. It feels so good. I felt it quite hard to have this discipline to go back to it. I was telling someone like, oh, I'm quite lazy postpartum. She was like, well, you are working full time. You had a baby. And <laughs> so like, be gentle with yourself. It's okay. But I think like one thing I really work towards now is getting back to a place where I have a child, but it's a very big new element in my life. And I don't have the equation rolled out yet on how I can have this other element in my life that is so important, which is getting physical gratification out of sports. So that is something I'm working on now. Thank you for sharing that. That feels very honest and very important and something that I think a lot of us can relate to. It might not be sports for a lot of mothers. It could be just other hobbies or pursuits. And it is really hard to not only like find the motivation, but yeah, like you say, finding the time, commitment and yeah, navigating that post baby is really, really challenging. The final question is, what is the best advice you've ever received and the worst advice you've ever received? Worst advice, actually really interesting. I've had people commenting on me and it's people I really trusted and they were saying things that actually I took as true. So for instance, you're the worst product manager I've ever met. And it's it's a person I really trusted and it really impacted my self-worth and my perception of what I was capable of. The thing that was, I think, really hard is that I paid attention to this input as if it was the absolute truth instead of protecting myself and not being able to be attained by the negativity of someone else. So the way I'm trying to go around advice of people is really follow my gut instinct. Like, how does it feel really in my body? How do, like, do I feel a bit like, pants in my throat and if it feels on not right how can i follow better my instinct on the positive advice i think it's creating you know like you're creating podcasts now i think we're very good consumers especially in our generation like consuming is so easy but we don't create enough and especially in the day and age where chat gpt can replace a lot of the content creation but there is we cannot undermine the fact that if you go to the louvre and you see the mona lisa it doesn't matter that there's like 700 copies that are superb we actually want to see the original and as humans there is this attachment to an original person the fact that you are not a robot asking me questions but i see you interacting you have a story you are so pregnant we don't do that there is something as humans we just love humans and so reading content seeing art listening to podcasts from humans as much as ChatGPT is great, etc., and I love it, I want to use it more. But so one of the best advice would be create because there is an audience. So yeah, creating content, I think is like whoever you are, wherever you are. And even if you have one person reading it, who's your mom? Yeah. Your mom is like, <laughs> it's like, it's enough. It's like, it's great. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Ellen. I have learned so much from you. This conversation has been immensely valuable. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. My, my, what an enlightening conversation with Helen. Her focus on empowering women and redefining the narrative around women's health is truly inspirational. You can learn more about Helen's work by visiting wild.ai. I highly recommend it. And that's a wrap. If today's episode resonated with you, make sure to share it with someone who could benefit from this wisdom. For the latest episodes, follow us on your favorite podcast player and of course on Instagram at contentisqueenhq. Until next time, bye. 
This is a Content is Queen production, hosted and produced by me, Imriel Morgan. Editing by Joseph Perry. Sound design by Amber Miller. Production assistant was Sharai White. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 